welcome to the latest Science of Sport podcast. I'm your host, Matt Solomon, and today I'm delighted to be joined by Jordan Brez. This podcast is brought to you by Hawking Dynamics, the world leader in innovative force plate technology. Hawking Dynamics takes a user-centric approach, featuring a fully customizable cloud-based software that allows users to easily digest and analyze complex force plate data. Their technology is constantly evolving, much like an app update for your iPhone. They communicate with users on a daily basis to make their system better. In addition to all of that, they also offer some of the most competitive prices for bilateral force plates on the market. And they're the only force plate company offering a completely wireless system. So, if you want to find out more, check out their easy intro to force plate section at www.hawkingdynamics.com forward slash blog. So, without further ado, it's time to welcome Jordan onto the show. Jordan, welcome to the Science of Sport podcast. It is an absolute pleasure to have you here. Thanks. Uh, it's uh, ah, welcome. Um, I'm very pleased to be here. So um, yeah, let's bring it on. Fantastic. So a quick introduction then, uh, Jordan. Who are you, and what have you been up to until now? Well, my name is Jordan Bres, and I've been a strength and conditioning coach for the Dutch Olympic Committee uh, Team NL for uh, well 12 years now. Um, been playing with uh, a lot of sports. Uh, gymnastics, judo, speed skating, uh, swimming, well, a lot of more sports. Um, and in the 12 years, uh, a few of athletes of mine, one became Olympic champion uh, gymnastics, two times world champion, um, got a world champion judo, uh, two European champions judo, uh, one world champion speed skating, so, uh, and a lot of more medals. So, yeah, pretty happy uh, what happened in the last 12 years. Um, so, yeah, that's what I've been doing uh, for now. I've been, uh, been a busy man. Um, so, we're, we're going to discuss some, uh, some, basically some periodization on uh, fighters and how we can then get combat athletes in top shape. So, the, the first things first, I suppose, uh, looking at the World Championships being uh, one of the biggest events, not the biggest, of course, with the Olympics, but one of the biggest events, um, how do you then work towards a World Championship with a fighter? Well, mostly we, uh, what we did, for example, with uh, the World Champion uh, Judo uh, that was in 2019, we started about uh, four months before the Worlds, so... There we start with the preparation phase, um, and then uh, we did a long time in maximal strength. That's what I do almost for ten years now. So a long period in in uh, in, in maximal strength. Um, conditioning wise, doing a lot of aerobic work, uh, not that long sessions. It's two times a week, thirty to forty five minutes. Um, and the strength sessions are three to four times a week. Um, and at the judo sessions in, uh, in this time, it's three times a week, three to four times a week. And from out of the maximal strength, um, we mostly go direct into strength speed, somewhere between 70 till 85% of one RAM. Um, and then we taper slowly to the worlds, where we drop the volume just a little bit, and that's it. Fantastic. So we're going we're gonna to hit some of those phases in a little bit more detail in just a second. But then how long is your, your strength phase? So you say you've got, for example, in this case, uh, maybe four months. Of that time, what kind of proportion is that in, in maximum strength? 
You mean in 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 terms of time? Yeah, in in terms of in terms of training sessions or months or weeks, how how much are you then giving towards that that maximum strength adaptation? Yeah, I was starting about uh, uh, well in in the first I think four weeks we start with with three times a week, then we build it slowly up. Um, so let's say that's somewhere between seventy and eighty percent. And then after three weeks, we go really to maximum strength. Um, with him, we did four times a week, uh, four times full body. Um, and then we worked from about 85 till, let's say, 100%. Um, and then we did that in phases of three weeks. So after three weeks, we did a bit of deload. And then the next phase... We started again around 85 till 100 percent with a uh, with a new phase, and that is also four times a week. Um, and then a deload again, and we did it again for three weeks. So it's a pretty long period of maximum strength. Um, after the third phase, uh, we did some testing, and from out of the testing, we used uh, well for some of for some of the main lifts. Uh, lifts we used uh, the percentages of of uh, the lift and then we made the transfer to strength speed and that was for a phase of let's say six weeks something about so um when you when you look at that right you mentioned just now that you uh, you measured uh, specific lifts what kind of measurements are you then taking throughout that uh, preparation phase to make sure that your your athlete is on track well, that's funny because um, well, I don't use a lot of measurements um, because I'm I just came a little back from from measuring well, let's say not a lot of things, but measuring things, you know, playing with speed devices and those kind of things. Um, but that's also because I have uh, several athletes uh, walking around in my session, so it's it's difficult to uh, to do concrete measurements. Um, and from out of my experience, um, it's not working so much. And, and also, uh, the athletes, they don't react that well on playing with these speed devices. So, um, what I did a lot is when they came into my session, then uh, we had a chat for, let's say, three, four minutes, uh, just, just in general. How do you feel? How do you sleep? Uh, all those kind of things. And from out of there, I did a little bit of um, uh, adjustments. And then we started to train, and and looking uh, looking back to uh, to the to the training uh, session before, and and making adjustments from out of there. So yeah, that's the thing I did. I think that's, that's really interesting, do. right? Like the the personal side of things and how how important that can be. Um, so can you give us some examples of the kind of changes that you then make? Let's say someone comes in and they they don't feel a hundred percent. Maybe they they slept a little bit uh, poorly. Um, what kind of change are you then going to make? to their program, which you might have programmed, uh, let's say a week, two, three weeks beforehand. Um, what's the adjustment then for that person? Yeah, I think we spoke before about that. Um, you know, everybody can make uh, the most uh, uh, perfect programs on paper, um, but it's not always working in practice. Um, so, um, so uh, uh, for example, if they, if they slept uh, for five hours, what you sometimes see because they, train in the evening, let's say uh, they train, they, they do a judo session till uh, eight o'clock. Um, so somebody's going to sleep at 11 o'clock, 11.30, 11 
and then um, uh, somebody sleeps for five or six hours, yeah, then it's uh, uh, then it's necessary to make an adjustment in the strength training the day after, when they have to train at let's say uh, eight thirty or nine o'clock. Um, but also because of um, the judo sessions, uh, sometimes they get a little bit of injury on the fingers, on the shoulders, on the joints, whatever. Um, and also from out of there, you have to make adjustments. Um, so, yeah, you know, if you do speed skating or you do these kind of sports, the injuries are, are way less. So you always have to talk with them and, and, and yeah, make adjustments if, if it's necessary. And what, what kind of adjustments specifically would you then to look at? What, what, what kind of things are you doing? Are you reducing the volume? Are you reducing uh, the percentages that you would use, changing the lifts? How does that look? Yeah, it's only reducing the volume and it's only reducing uh, the, the lifts. So I'm not going to change anything uh, if we're talking about intensity, um, but only reducing volume uh, and making some adjustments in, uh, in the lifts. So if there's a little bit of injury on the shoulder or whatever, okay, we take out, uh, for example, we take out the bench press and we do something else. Um, so those are the main adjustments uh, we make. And then what's, what's your reason behind keeping the intensity? Because I imagine that's, that's quite important and quite one of the determining factors in your program. Um, why do you want to make sure that that's kept uh, at the, the given percentage at any given time? Yeah, that's especially for the athlete. I mean, if you keep the volume very low, um, but you keep the intensity quite high, then they still get a good feeling. And if you drop down in the intensity, at least that's my experience, then uh, most athletes either think, oh, I'm a bit weaker, I'm not feeling well, and then they leave the gym with, uh, with a less good feeling. And then I'd rather have them do just a short session, keep the intensity high, and that they leave the gym with a very good feeling, than the opposite. This podcast is also brought to you by Flex. Flex is the latest product to enter the velocity-based training market, developed by the team at Gymware. Flex is the only laser-based training system available, and it's this unique technology that makes Flex the most accurate and reliable barbell tracking product in a sub-500 US dollar category. It's wireless, portable, and it's super user-friendly. Find out why VBT is such a powerful training method and what separates Flex from the competition at flexstronger.com. Excellent. I think that's uh, that's really important as well, right? Like looking at what the athlete, their perception of that training session, how that can then impact the adaptation which they might, they might have. Yeah, um, yeah. Super important stuff. So uh, you mentioned earlier uh, about tapering towards the, uh, the world championship. So you've got your strength sessions there. You've got that planned. You make adjustments when necessary. Um, you've gone through your uh, your rep max testing, if that's, if that's the case, towards your um, speed strength phase or strength speed phase. Um, yeah. How do you then look to taper towards the, the World Championships? Well, that's always in a, in a conversation with the head coach um, and where we think that uh, where, it, uh, where it's the best time to go into the taper phase. Um, and that sometimes can differ from one week uh, to, let's say, three weeks. Um, but they also have to travel. So in this case, they have to travel to Japan. So they go, they leave a little bit earlier. So we can um, we can almost train up to when they have to leave because then when they're in the, in Japan they still have a week one and a half week 
Um, so there's a taper from, let's say, about two weeks. So in Japan, they don't do anything anymore. So then no, we can no train. Work? No, no gym work anymore. No, okay. no. Because of the traveling and then, you know, those kind of things. So uh, they, they only do some judo sessions and some mobility stuff and that's it. And if, if it was possible, would you like to then do some uh, speed or some strength training within that, uh, within that phase? Or is that just, is that a conscious decision to, to make sure that they're only putting all their resources into judo? Yeah, but some of the athletes, when they have to, uh, when they have, when they have to do tournaments in Europe, so there's not a long traveling time. Um, then we, well, with with a lot of, no, not with a lot of athletes, but with some of the athletes, we still train on Monday if they have to do, uh, if they have to fight, for example, on Saturday or Sunday. But that's only an activation session, working on speed and and those kind of things. And that's also a short session, so the volume is quite low. Um, but they leave the gym with a very good feeling. And I think that's one of the most important things for the last session. And uh, with that in mind, then, how do you then make sure that your athletes are getting that good feeling? What's the, what's the, the kind of tips and tricks which you use to make sure that everyone's uh, absolutely buzzing when they leave the gym? Ah, that's a good one. <laughs> well, I think that's uh, mostly from out of experience, but that's talking with the athletes before they go into the session. So when they do their, their mobility stuff before or their dynamic warm-up or whatever, then I'm talking with them and then uh, we're going to go through the session, what we're going to do, what's the goal of the session, um, and that's it. And, um, and then they know what to do. They know also the weights they have to lift. Um, uh, and then I'm, I'm pretty sure that they can lift those weights uh, with a good intent, with good speed, uh, so then you know almost for sure that they leave the session with a good feeling. And uh, you mentioned that it was an activation type session. What kind of uh, percentages, sets and reps are you using them for that kind of activation? Well, that differs from person to person. Um, but mostly, mostly, um, well, that's around 70 to 80%, let's say about that, of their one RM. Cool. Okay, about that's, uh, that's excellent stuff. So... Um, one of the other big considerations for you then uh, when you're tapering into that, uh, to that world championship is body composition. Yeah. Um, and how do you then as an SNC coach uh, make allowances for that? And how does that then impact their gym work when it comes to the last few weeks? Um, well, I don't interfere a lot with their body composition work because we, we therefore have a specialist. Um, um, but uh, well, we, what, what we know is that um, we mostly try uh, with our athletes to stay maximal four kilograms above their um, fighting weight. Um, so the last, let's say, week, last and a half week before the tournament, now let's say the last week, they still weigh about two kilograms before the, of, uh, above their weight. Um, but what you see in the last two, three weeks, they're getting a little bit, just a little bit weaker. Um, and that's what we know uh, before. So we're talking about that. Um, and, and, um, and they also know that is know that we're going to make a little bit of adjustments when we're talking about uh, the weight they have to lift. Is that a little bit what you mean? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think it's, uh, it's interesting to hear how you then can appreciate the fact that they might uh, be weaker in that phase and then and make the necessary adjustments to make sure that they're still firing. And again, linking back into that uh, activation session where they have to feel good. Um, if, they're, if they're not lifting the weight, which they might have been three weeks ago, then there's obviously a, a little crisis moment that goes off in their head, which says, hey, uh, I'm oh, yeah, weaker than sure. I was. 
Yeah, um, yeah. So managing that situation can also be important. And that's why we're also dropping the volume just a little bit because they're just eating less on a day. And they still have to train twice a day. So, uh, yeah, we have to take care of that. For sure, and I imagine the uh, yeah reducing, for example, your your carbohydrate intake or uh, yeah. not eating as much, especially in the morning if you've not slept. I mean that all that all compounds as well, right? Yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Cool. So uh, the last thing that we wanted to ask you, and it's the the most difficult thing that we can imagine. So, uh, what is the one thing that you see or do differently, which the rest of the world can learn from? Uh, that's a tricky one. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, that was that was the goal behind the question, right? We, we're not trying to be nice right now. We we were nice with the other questions. Yeah, well, uh, I've been talking lately with somebody about that, and I think that's more out of experience, but um, mastering the basics is still pretty pretty difficult for most athletes, and uh, I'm still hammering on the basics um, and working from out of there, and, and um, you know, that's one thing. Um, but also a very important thing is, is having a very good relationship with your athletes in terms of, you know, talking with them, having a coffee with them, sometimes calling them. Um, because in the gym, there you, you also have to have a very good relationship with your athletes. Uh, and I think that's going to make uh, a few percent uh, in, in difference in their results in the gym. I think that's a really big one as well, right? When When someone wants to work for you, they believe in the program and you're, you're making them feel good about the program, um, then they're going to be able to adapt even better to, to what you're giving them. And I'm sure, yeah, exactly. I'm sure that's something that you've seen over the years as well when, uh, when you've built up a relationship for maybe more than uh, six months and you get two years, maybe five years, yeah. um, that that increasingly improves uh, with their performances that you can, uh, you can get more out of them in certain sessions, you know exactly how to trigger them in certain ways. Totally I'm sure that's uh, massively important. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, Jordan, uh, that was it. That was that was all the uh, all the questions we got planned, and uh, an excellent time as well. So, Jordan, massive thanks for your time today. It's been an absolute pleasure. Oh, cool! It's been nice uh, being here. So, um, yeah, thanks. Oh, the pleasure is all mine. So, uh, I'll see you at work on Monday. <laughs> yeah, see you Monday again. Good weekend. <laughs> excellent, cheers, buddy. Okay, bye bye. And that's it. Once again, a massive thanks to Jordan for all of his hard work on today's podcast. I really appreciate it, and I'm sure you do at home too. Before you leave, I want to point you in the direction of our Coach Academy. Now, the Coach Academy is a series of lectures which are broken down into consumable, bite-sized chunks which fit around your busy coaching week. And of specific interest after today's podcast will probably be the lectures on strength and power development. So if you are interested... Get yourself into the show notes where you can get yourself a seven-day free trial of the Coach Academy and you can get your hands on those lectures completely free in just a few minutes' time. And of course, if you have enjoyed today's podcast, be sure to also hit the subscribe button. That means that you won't miss out on next, next week's fantastic episode and of course, that we can keep bringing you the best possible content. And that's it. Once again, massive thanks from me. I'm Matt Solomon for Science of Sport and I'll speak to you next week.